Good morning. Welcome to all those joining us for Likutei Halachas. Yoredeya Chelik Sheni, Hilchas Mila, Halacha Halacha Hey, Paragraph Hey. We're up to the subparagraph. The Alkein Koiflin Kama Pamin Bebracha Zois Haskoras Tchias Hamesim. Rav Nosanzal is in the middle of discussing the Shmon Esrei, and he spoke about the first bracha. And now he went into the second bracha, Ato Gibor, and, and giving us very special insights in it. Before we begin, we dedicate the learning today, Lilo Nishmas, Yantafra Dabas Rabbi Shuaye, Harani Kaporas Mishkava, and for a complete Rafua Shalema for all those that need it, including Pesia Bas Chayester, Chavivachana Bas Galia, Leib Ben Jenya, Shmuel Ben Levana, Yochevet Bas Levana, Shlomo ben Rivka Sprinzer, Chaim Tzvi ben Voraleya, Necharochel bas Hindaleya, Fruma bas Genesia, Yehudis Nechama bas Miriam, Chaim Yitzchok ben Chanarivka, Akiva Michoel ben Sorahuva, Dvoregila Simcha bas Chava, Boruch Mordechai ben Tali, Soraleya bas Chavaliba, Abigail Brocha bas Shira Dvoira, David Leib ben Shena, Shlemanisa ben Mazel Avram David ben Chana, Nisim ben Rivka, Chaim Arye ben Brocha, Chaim ben Rachel, Soramaya bas Sipoira Rivka, Michal Sora Bas Hadasa, Idis Bas Mariam Brindel, Gitagenendel Bas Sipoira, Lebalea Bas Sipoira, Tuvit Sviben Chayaliza, Sora Rachel Bas Yuspendel, Avivalona Bas Yuspendel, Yehudis Ruchoma Bas Chavarus, David Ben Behia, Shendel Bas Lea, Shemel Eliezer Ben Rachel, Besoch Shachel Yisrael. Vialkein Koiflin Kama Pom in the Brocha Zois has Koras Trias Amesim. Rab Nosanzal says, based on what we've been discussing here, about how important it is for a person always to be focusing on the Tachlis, the ultimate purpose, which is Olam Haba, which is after Trias Amesim, that's why in this Brocha of Atogibor it mentions Mechay Amesim several times. Because that's the main focus of this bracha. We begin with those words, and we conclude, we end with the words, And if that being the case, that the whole emphasis is on the future, there seems to be a question, it seems to be that there's like a, a contradiction going on in this bracha. You're talking about Mechayim Eisim, you're talking about the future future, and in the middle you're talking about Hashem giving Parnosa, Parnosa and Rafua, Shehim Parnosa Rafua. However, the truth is, based on what we were learning in the previous year, it fits beautifully. Ki hakoil echod, because it's all really one. Ki iker hatachlis yiske kol echod laachar hatchia. It's true. When will we come to our real purpose in the future after tchias hamesim? Vialkein hiskir bebirchas hatchia kol hachasodim protim shashem isparach oisem adam bozei olam. And that's why Hashem includes in that bracha mentioning all the wonderful things Hashem does for us while we're in this world. Uh, that, that he, he, he provides for us, Parnasa, he gives us Roifei Choilim, Matir Asurim, V'choyzer V'shoyne Umasker B'chol Pam Inyan And in the bracha he repeats again and again Mechaya Mesim, Loimar to emphasize to us, Shekol Hachasotem Shashim Isborach Oisem Odom Bozehoilom, that all of the good things Hashem does for us while we're in this world, 
הכל הוא באופן שיצמח לו על ידי זה טויבה וחסד נצחי אחר התחייה שהוא התכלס. It's all being done with an intent that this is all supposed to lead to the person getting to Olam Haba, to the person having an eternal goodness. And sometimes you don't see the connection necessarily. We don't know the connections, but we don't know that it's all, it's like an artist. An artist starts, to, to, they prepare the canvas, and the person, what's he planning? I thought he was going to make a picture. What is he playing around with the canvas for? And, and then the, 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 the pen, sharp, all, doing all kinds of things which a person who doesn't know doesn't realize that this is all relevant. That when you're going to be looking at that final picture, that final picture couldn't have happened with all of those different steps in, in, in the middle. Shehu ha-tachlis, the tchia is the tachlis, the tchia samesim. Umemela yovim kolechod, and as a result of this, all of us can understand and realize shemizeh nimshach mashelefoomem nisakev hashefa etzlechod. If you understand what we're saying here now, that there's two things going on. There's a preparation, there's the big picture, and there's the little picture. The big picture is getting to the final destination, Olam Haba and everything. The little picture is what's going on in life in this world. If you realize that these two are connected, then you could understand possibly why at times there are blockages for the Shefa, that the Shefa, the Pranasa, is not coming, is not flowing on a regular basis automatically. Hein be Pranasa, hein be Sharhitz whether it's regarding Pranasa or other needs that a person has. Ki hakoil letoivosoi hanitzchis achar hatchia. Because all of these individual steps of what's going on in our lives in this world are all part of that big plan. It's all related to the person's eternal good, which will be after Tchiyas HaMesim. Ki hu yisporach bevadai koil yochol, because Hashem can do anything. V'yochol lefarnes hakoil berevach, He can provide for all of us comfortably. V'liten l'cholechod ashiris godol urefuah b'choleis. And Hashem could give all of us major wealth and good health all the time, 24-7. Because he's the one who gives life. He's the one who heals. However, the fact that we find that at times the Shefa is being withheld, it's being delayed. It's because he doesn't just give life. He gives life with kindness, meaning what? Where's the kindness? In a manner that it will lead to that person being and he lifts up those who fall, and he heals those that are sick, and he releases those that are trapped in bondage. And all of this is being coordinated in a manner that Hashem will fulfill His promise to those who are lying in the ground. To Avram Yitzchak, the promise that Hashem made to them that your nation is going to succeed. It's a, you know, Kanal, as we discussed earlier. nismach and this is why where Hashem, with a blessing in Shemun Esri, speaks about Parnosa, actual Parnosa, it puts Mechai in front of it and in back of it. As we say in that second bracha, Mechai Meisim Ato, Rav Lahoshia, Moirid HaGeshem, or Moirid HaTol, which is speaking about Parnosa, V'chein Tekef Acharkach, Again, We're sandwiching all of this in Now Rav Nosazal makes this very clear because regarding this topic of Parnosa, a person's heart experiences the greatest crookedness. All of the questions and doubts 
and possible negative feelings and complaints that we feel towards Hashem are, are usually revolving around this topic of parnosa. And people find it very difficult all the time when they feel that there's a delay, that the parnosa is being withheld. Especially when we, the Jewish people, are in exile. She parnosas Yisroel. Bifrat parnosa sakshirim nismatemoi, where the parnosa of the Jewish people, and especially the parnosa of the religious people, is at a low, at a low struggle. The, so that's one of the reasons <coughs> why this is so big an issue. Vigam, and in addition, ki ha parnosa muhrachodam elov bechol yoim yoiser mishari habakoshois. Because out of all the different things that we ask for in our prayers, parnasa is a daily thing. It's all the time. Every day there's bills. The meter is running. I have to buy this, have to buy that, have to pay this bill. V'yalkein hizkir eitzel ha-parnasa be-yoyser has And that's why surrounding the topic of parnasa, we find more emphasis on tchiyas ha in front and in back, Loimar to tell us Shashem Isporach Mechalkeu Mefarnes Kol Adam Hashem provides and gives to every single person. Achui Isporach Misibois Mishapech BePanasosai. However, Hashem, due to reasons that Hashem knows, Hashem does things regarding our Panasa. Shemefarnes Umechalkeu Lachayim Sheyeh Baoifin Sheyechayim Eisim. He's giving the parnosa in such a manner where the person will be zoyche to tchiyas hamesim. Da'inu sheyizku letachles hanitzchi that the person will be zoyche to the eternal success, to the eternal reward. Because if the person were getting parnosa when they didn't deserve it or when, when it wasn't the right time, it would detract from what they get up there. Remember the story in the Gemara of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechoyzal with his students, that his students were once really feeling the difficulty of lack of parnasa, and they went to Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechoy and they said, "Rabbi, it's 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 very very hard." He said, "No problem, abracadabra, let this valley become filled with golden dinars." The Gemara says that the valley suddenly became filled with golden dinars. He said, go right ahead, take. But know that whatever you're taking is going to detract, subtract from your future reward. And the story with Rabbi Hanina ben Doisa, where his wife was once complaining about their incredible, incredible struggle for Parnassah, and he said, no problem. And a leg came down, a golden, solid gold leg that they could have sold for $35 million. And he said, here you go. He said, but this will just mean that our table upstairs will have three legs instead of four. She said, no thanks, send it back up. And the Gemara says that sending it back up was a much bigger miracle than getting it to come down. There's no refunds, no returns in, in heaven. And Rabbi Hanisim was so great at Sadiq that he could, he could get the return. So here we're being taught some of the different factors that not everybody realizes that are involved in why things have to be a certain way. Sure, question? Is another way of looking at Machayim Mason that if your Parnassah looks like it's dead, don't worry, Hashem can make it come alive. And by Rofei if a person looks like he has no hope, he, Hashem can even bring you back from the brink of death. Definitely. Definitely. That's definitely another way of looking at it, for sure. The takefachakach, and immediately after we finish that second blessing in the Shmon Esrei, <coughs> we go on to the third one, which is Kedusha. Ato Kodosh Veshimcha Kodosh Ubirchas Ato Kodosh. We say Kedusha, the Nagdishach, and the Ato Kodosh. That's talking about, that's telling us about the ultimate future, which the Jewish nation will achieve 
after the dead are brought back to life, Shayakdishu that all of us will participate in sanctifying the name of Hashem together with all the tzaddikim who sanctify the name of Hashem. Fortunate is the person who will be zoichet to participate in this. And after we finish those first three blessings of the Shmon Esrei, which Rav Nosan Zal just explained in the shir, we, the previous year and this year, that shalidezeh moidim u'moidim shashem isporah goimel chasodim toivim tomid, in which we declared, we made it perfectly clear that we realize that Hashem is always doing wonderful things for us. And everything that Hashem does, the good and the seeming not so good, is all really for our benefit. For our ultimate eternal good. Now we go into detail in asking for the personal, our personal needs. Because it's only now, after that wonderful introduction, the first three brachas of the Shmon Esrei, now it's, it makes sense, it's, it's appropriate for us to ask for our needs. After we made it clear to, our, to ourselves that we realize that everything Hashem is doing is for our good. Because Hashem can do anything. It's not from lack of ability that Hashem isn't giving us. It's not because He doesn't have enough money to, to dole out. It's got nothing to do with that. It has to do with the calculation. He's trying to do what's really for our benefit. Again, a parent spoiling a child. We hear about this all the time. That Again, the parent has the stuff but it knows that if I don't regulate how I'm giving it to the child, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drain. It's like uh, a person putting too much gasoline in an engine, flooding the engine. The, the, the car will break down. We're praying for the things that we need, like Hashem instructed us to. The reason why we're praying is in order to prepare vessels into which to receive the Shefa. Because our intention when we're praying for Parnassa or Refua or anything has to be for the big picture, for the ultimate goal, that I want whatever Hashem is going to give me or not give me, I want it to benefit me long term. And the reason why we have to verbalize it is in order to prepare the vessels. As Rabbi Nezal explains this in chapter 34, Hashem will bless you based on your speech, based on speech. That even though Hashem knows what's in your heart, why do we have to pray? Rabbi Nezal asks the question over there in that shalom. Why do we have to verbalize? Hashem knows my thoughts. The answer is, you're right. He does know your thoughts. But the only way that the vessels are created to receive the shefa is through speech. And this will explain that after we finish those first three brachos, and now we're going into the personal things that we need. The first item on the list is das. Sheyichonenu meitoidei that Hashem should give me from His das. V'yachakach mevakshin hashivenu. And the second one is asking Hashem to bring us close to Him. Lo shuvei that Hashem should help us do tshuva. V'yachakach al slichas avoynos. And number three is for forgiveness of sins. What, when do we get to the chocolate and to the to chicken soup? When do we get to... Shekol elu hatfilois heimrak b'shvil hatachlis. The first three of those middle brachas are also all about the tachlis, all about my neshama. 
V'yachar kach ono mispalam al tzorchi aguf. And then afterwards, starting from bracha number four, we're going into the things that the body needs. Shehem refo'enu, u'barecholenu, v'chul, etc. Ki be'emes, gam tzorchi haguf shonu mispalim, kol kavanosenu b'shvil haneshama. Because the truth is, even the, the physical, materialistic things that we're praying for, our, our focus has to be for my neshama. Why do I want to be healthy? So I can go to shul and pray and learn. Why do I want parnasa? To be able to do mitzvahs and maizim toivim, to buy tzitzis, tefillin, to make brachas on food. All the, the neshama. Ki ikar hatfila tzricha liyois rak b'shvil tachlis anitzchi. Because the main prayer has to be focusing on the ultimate purpose. V'yalkeinon o'imrim kriya shma koidem hatfila. And this will also explain why before Shmon Esrei we have kriya shma. Kalidei kriya shma onu nechlolen bi'echod. Because the prayer of Kriyashma connects us to one, to oneness, Hashem Echod. And Rabbein Azal taught us in chapter 65 in Likud Imran, which this halach is based on, that one of the most important components of tefillah that makes tefillah a home run is if the tefillah is one. If you're able to go from the beginning of your prayer to the end of your prayer and do it like preparing a bouquet of flowers. Not one flower and then a second flower. One flower, taking a second flower, putting it together with the first one and a third one together with one and two, doing it like that, making one out of the entire tefillah. People that study karate and things like that know that a person, a regular person punches somebody and the person says, ouch. A person who knows how to make a fist punches a person and can break their chest, can break ribs. Why? Because he's putting the fingers all to making one out of all of those fingers, making it into one rock, one solid thing. That one solid thing is a hundred times as strong as if they're not one, if they're not one. Is it better to say the first three brachot with simple peyrush hamilim, or to think of all these thoughts about um, anemis umachaya, and that it's going to lead to our future, and to take the time to to think about all the deep meanings that we just mentioned. My my answer is all the deep meanings. I'm not so sure. But the, the, the basic point that he made here, that look at what's going on in this bracha. There's a sandwich here. There's Tchias in front, Tchias in back, and in middle, Mechal Kelchai Mechesed, which is a reminder to me always that what makes me unique out of everything in creation is a body and a soul. And most people in this world get distracted and forget about the soul. And their whole focus in life is the body, all the physical, materialistic needs. And a breast lover, a person who's learning Likut HaLachas, a person who's a student of Rabbeinazal, Rabbeinazal took us to another level where we don't, we never forget our neshama. We never forget Hashem. And even when I'm saying the words refuah and parnasa, I know for the neshama, that what it's really all about is for the neshama. And when I'm, when I'm concerned about how I'm going to pay my bills today, what I'm really concerned about is how I'm going to get to the finish line. You know, not forgetting that. That could still be considered part of Perush Amila's. Like. Question in the chat. How can a person know when Parnosa is withheld in addition to tefillah that they need to double their hishtadlus versus accepting the decree? The answer is we don't know. It's very difficult to know. And that's why we're always praying. We're always praying and we're doing hishtadlus and, and our main focus is on our prayer more than the hishtadlus. And we pray to be guided 
to do the right hishtadlus and not to do the wrong hishtadlus and to do within reason. And again, I mentioned this in the past that one of the most special things I've seen in all the Breslov Sforim in Kitzel Ikutimran on chapter 60 in Ikutimran, there Rabbi Nezal speaks about bitochon, about bitochon. And Rabbi Nezal makes reference to a wrong type of bitochon and a right type of bitochon. And there in Kitzel Ikutimran, Rabbi Nezal says, let me explain this now. And he gives one paragraph where he defines three levels of bitochon. He defines the highest level, the people who are tzaddikim, who have the highest level of bitochon, those people can study Torah, be involved in Torah and tefillah all day, and not go to work at all, and, and know and believe and know that Hashem is going to provide for them. That's a very high level, that's the highest level. The majority, the vast majority of the rest of us who, need, who feel that we have to work, should be working, should be working and learning. And, and, and just because we're working, it shouldn't justify in our minds that I can't pray, I can't learn, I can't do No, not at all. I'm still allowed to go to shul and pray, and it's not going to take away from Parnas, it's going to put a blessing into my work, the davening and the learning and, and giving charity, all of those things, and not worry when I'm paying money, shelling out money for mitzvahs, for tefillin, mezuzah, food for Shabbat, not to worry at all, to know that Hashem is providing and can provide, etc., etc., you know, not to have any worry at all, to do the, a reasonable hishtadlis, what's considered a reasonable hishtadlis, and again, co- combine it with Torah and tefillah. And then he goes on to say, but people who want to do illegal things, people who want to break the law, and, and, and commit do things that are illegal and say, Hashem, please help protect me, I shouldn't get caught, that's false bitoch and that's treif. And he gives another example of people operating out of their league, a person who is in the minor leagues and starts borrowing tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars from people because he wants to go for the big na, he wants to go for the big kill. And he's davening to Hashem, help me, help me make a big killing, so I shouldn't. Rav Nosanzal says that's treif. Because if you have bitochon, the bitochon says that, that by doing, operating within my ballpark, Hashem will provide for all of my needs. Not chasashon, borrowing big sums of money, which you don't, and, and praying that I'll hit a home run, and if I don't chasashon, I don't know if and how I'll ever give back those loans, chasashon. So that's also a discussion on this topic of, 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 of emuna and versus ishtatos. Continuing, and Rav Nelson Zal is going to clarify this also soon. First, he's going to go back to the topic of Mila for a moment and then come back. paragraph of and this fits in beautifully with what we explained earlier in paragraph Dalit about what's going on during a bris milah. That the mitzvah of milah and several other mitzvahs that we have, that the Arizal explains, what we're trying to do is to reveal and bring down Hashem's kindness which went up, it went upstairs and went into hiding. When we are not worthy, when we're not worthy of receiving Hashem's kindness, Hashem's kindness goes up and goes into hiding. And there are certain activities that we can do to bring it back down and to reveal it. The mitzvah of bris milah is one of those. Lehamshichon lemato, to draw down those chasodim down below, lemokoim gilui hachasodim, to a place where the chasodim are being revealed. Hainu kanal. This fits. Be- this, this is what we explained earlier. Through the mitzvah of mila, which is one of those mitzvahs where we see that the child is connecting to that oneness. How? When that child is experiencing the pain and the child closes its eyes tightly to, to take it out of this world and up to the next world, up to that place of oneness. 
that causes it to close its eyes completely from this world. That's what the cutting and removing the orla is. It's removing the bad things of this world. It's, it's removing oneself from all the negative things in this world. That allows us and enables us to draw down those chasodim, to bring them down. And that's when there's a major drawing of chasodim into the world, as is known in the writings of the Arizal. She calls man lamalo, so long as Hashem's kindness is hidden upstairs in the penthouse, ein hachasodim nimshochem boilam. The chesed is not feeding into this world. It's only when we are zeicher to do what it takes to draw the chasodim down into the revealed area. Then they shine and they spread throughout the world, throughout our world. Rav Nosanzal says, now he's going to ask an interesting question. There seems to be a question regarding this. When those chasodim of Hashem, you just told me that we're not worthy, the chasodim go upstairs. They take the elevator, they go up 25 floors, and they're way, way upstairs, and they're completely hidden from us. Then why are they called chasodim? The definition of chesed is doing kindness with others. That's one of the explanations as to why Hashem created the world. Because one of Hashem's midos is chesed, kindness. And in order to show kindness, you have to have whom to show kindness upon. That's what the meat of chesed is all about. Kindness to others. Lack of, not the opposite of selfishness. So, but if you're telling me that when this kindness goes upstairs, it's locked up, it's closed, it's hidden. And it is not revealed down below. And the flow of ches, the flow of shef of net chesed is not being given out. How are they being called? How is it being called chesed? However, based on what we're learning here, we'll be able to understand this well. The only reason why that chesed is hidden away, it's upstairs, it's locked in the safe, is because we haven't prepared the vessels to qualify, to be able to receive that chesed in a beneficial way. The Oz, and then in that kind of situation, when you don't have a cup, I'm doing you a favor by leaving the bottle of water in the refrigerator, by not giving it to you. That's an act of kindness. The fact that the chasodim are hidden away upstairs, and they're not flowing down below. Only a little bit, just enough to keep us alive, just enough to allow the world to exist. So that has to be a constant sort of. Because this is a major benefit, a major favor to us. Because since we have not yet prepared the vessels to receive, it's an act of great kindness that the chesed is hidden and it's not being sent downstairs. Kim ma'at ma'oi, only a little bit, a very slight trickle. Kedei shelo yazik ribuy Because if Hashem turned on the faucet on full, it would destroy, it would flood us, like flooding an engine. V'alkein al yidei mitzvah smila, 
And therefore, through the mitzvah of Mila, which is closing the eyes from all the nonsense of this world. That's what the removal of the orla is. And that child and all those that are, that are the bris are plugging into that oneness. And then we come back down from there because we said you can't stay up there permanently. We come back down from there. Go up and come back down. Which we said is being accomplished when they give the name to the baby. That's bringing Torah down. That's a form of bringing Torah because every name is a part of the Torah. This is all part of the procedure of preparing vessels to receive the chesed. Then, automatically, those chasodim that were originally hidden up there are revealed. Because the vessels were already prepared to receive those chasodim by the baby closing the eyes and, and, and plugging into that echod and by announcing the name, the special prayers that we say at the bris milah. Because one of the main components in order to prepare vessels to receive that chesed is this beetle, this requirement to close one's eyes and to take off, to disconnect from this world and go up to that place of oneness. Because when, once we do that step one, then step two can take place of bringing down Torah from that super high place. And these two procedures are what actually help us prepare vessels. Paragraph Zion. What does Rabbeinu mean by vessels? Basic definition. Receptacles. Receptacles. Words. Words are an example of vessels. The words of tefillah, every word of tefillah is a vessel. The body is a vessel in which the neshama has been placed. A neshama and a body. But especially words of tefillah are, and, and letters even, are vessels which contain the Hashem's light. Hashem is infinite. <coughs> and, and again, Hashem has no shape or form. Where is the shape or form of Hashem? The letters and words of the Torah. That's, those are the kalim in which the, this is what the Sifri Kabbalah are all about. Lights and vessels. So that, that's... And this is why there's a famous statement in the Zohar Kodesh where it speaks about people who are not, not interested in their neshama at all. They're not interested in an afterlife at all. They're just living for this world. So the Zohar Kodesh speaks about, so refers to them, They bark at Hashem like a dork barks. How does the dog bark? Hav, 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 hav. That's the sound of a dog. Hav in Aramaic means give. Give me parnasa, give me life. Ki ikr al Because the main prayer, when a person is praying for children, or for life, or parnasa, tzorech liyos b'shvil hatachlis. It's supposed to be for the ultimate purpose because the Gemara tells us every new child that comes into the world brings Mashiach closer, will bring us closer to Olam Haba. And every mitzvah that my children do, if, if, I, if I bring children to the world and I teach them about Hashem, every mitzvah they do is going to elevate their soul and my, it's going to be a tikkun for them and for me and for the whole Jewish nation and it's going to get us to the finish line. And this is why the Zohar Kodesh finishes there, completes by saying, And they don't pray for the food for the Shekhinah. They don't pray for their soul food. Because 
Shehi aliyah sashchina, meaning that a person's main focus in their tefillah has to be the tikkun hanefesh, the tikkun of the needs of my soul, which is to elevate the shechina. That's where my main focus has to be. I once asked my Rebbe Rebnichel Zichonavrocha, because based on what he's saying here, and based on what he quoted earlier from chapter 14 in Likut Imran, where he spoke about a person putting aside their gashmias and focusing on the ruchnias, I said, then, then isn't, is it the right thing to have that in my hispoiridus to only focus on my neshama, not to talk about the body at all? And the answer was no, definitely not that we earthlings, as long as we are in this earth, and based on the level that we are at, we must daven for both. We must daven for the materialistic needs and for the soul needs. But in learning this Likut HaLochas, we're being shown that even when I'm davening for materialism, it's not materialism, period. It's materialism to serve my ultimate goal to serve the neshama, to enable the neshama to do what it needs to do. The body is a horse, the neshama is the rider. The body is the car, and the neshama is the person inside of the car. All the cars in the world, if there's nobody to drive, then then it's nothing, It's, it's useless. The main thing is the person in the car, and that the car will bring me to where I need to get to. Any questions? Is it clearly the words, or is it because the words change the person, and then the person is a clee to receive his bracha? Because the words that he says are objective outside of him, but if they change him as a person, then I can understand why he can receive it, because he's a different person. Both, both are definitely true. The words are kalim. The Pesach says, nafshi that when I'm speaking, I'm pouring out my soul. I'm spilling my guts. If I'm davening properly, it's coming from the heart. And it's coming from the soul. Nafshi that in my words is my soul. My nefesh is in there. And those words become vessels. But like you said, what it's all about is that making me into a vessel now, as a result of having prayed, I become a vessel that, that can receive Hashem's light, that can receive Hashem's shefa. I believe both are true. And now he comes back to that statement in the Gemara and makes it clearer. That would make sense, Rabbi, that it would be an external vessel as opposed to an internal vessel feeling is that we are the vessel. Yes. The words are coming from within us. Exactly. That's what I said. That's what I said, that the words are cut from inside, from my heart. And again, from my soul, even. Nafshi Yotzebedabrot says that the, the nefesh is, is the deeper. The speech is, is a, a, a production of and the soul. What we've learned previously of all the channels that are corresponding to a body. Yes. So it has makes sense only that the vessel is us. Yes, but again, the words, every word we're being told is a keli, is a keli also. Because we said it contained, number one, the words, the letter, contain Hashem's light. The letter Aleph is, is a form and shape of the light of Hashem's light, the letter Bez. And when I'm speaking, Rabbein Zal and all this form, right, that every word of prayer becomes, it, it's I'm putting out, I'm putting... I'm putting out a cup in which to receive. Now we go back to what the Gemara says, that the, the rabbis tell us, Chasidim harishonim, the earlier tzaddikim, they would wait an hour before they would say their tefillah, in order to focus their heart, to connect their heart to Hashem. That hour before the prayer was to gather together all their thoughts and all their, 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 their heart and plug it into Hashem, into 
to nullify and negate themselves completely to the infinite light of Hashem, in order to gather their tefillah into this oneness, which is the real perfection of tefillah. And this is why the Gemara says there, they had an hour before the prayer and an hour after the prayer. After they finished praying, there was an, an, another hour. To draw and, and bring into their mind and into their heart the light that remained from that beetle, the imprint from that beetle, to bring it inside of themselves. That's what helps a person cool off and eliminate all the suffering and help fill all of the lackings, all the things that the person is lacking in their life. Because it's through this process that we prepare all the vessels <coughs> into which to be able to receive all the wonderful things that Hashem wants to give us. And this explains why the Gemara asks a question there. One second, if you're telling me that they did this three times a day for three prayers, that's nine hours. If you're telling me now that they were spending nine hours in their pre- prayer, when did they study Torah? And when did they go to work? And the Gemara answers, Because they were chassidim, because they were on such a level that we're describing here, their Torah was protected. Other people, in order to remember their Torah, they have to review it a hundred times. These guys did it once, and that was it. They, it, was, it was permanent. And their work was blessed. Another guy has to work 10 hours a day. This guy made one phone call or two phone, and it was a home run, a grand slam. He had Parnassa for the month. Hainu Kanal. This is exactly what we learned earlier. Because they had this hour before the prayer, where they took themselves to that level of beetle, they closed their eyes tightly and they pulled out all the wires connecting them to this world. They disconnected, detached themselves totally from this world. That's real praying. And then after the tefillah, they, spent, they waited an hour to bring that light down and connect it to their hearts. That's where all Torah really comes from. It doesn't come from just turning pages and reading. It comes from receiving the Torah from heaven. And it's through this process that we prepare all the vessels to be able to receive all of Hashem's blessings and all of the Shefa. So when you're getting your Torah that way, then that Torah is protected. You don't have to spend hours trying to understand it. You don't have to spend hours trying to review it. That kind of Torah, that's what Rabbi Nezal calls in chapter 21, Shefa Elokai. Like what the Arizal, what the great Sadiqim got, they got a flow of billion watts where what they received in one night is what another person would have to study a hundred years or five hundred years to be able to learn. Because that's where all the Torah really comes from. It comes from that keser, from that highest, highest place. And this also explains why it says their parnasa was blessed, their work was blessed. 
because that's where the whole blessing of Shefa comes from, by preparing and, and, and building all of the vessels that come from there. Hashem will bless you based on the speech, based on your words of tefillah. Your tefillah will bring all of the blessings. And now we understand why the Gemara uses the word chasidim here specifically, because these are the people who are able to really draw and connect to Hashem's chesed. Because it's only people who are following this procedure here that know how to go up to where those chasodim are hidden away and draw it down, bring it down, and reveal it down below. Because they're the ones who know how to prepare the proper kalim by going through this process of bitul, going up, and having the rocket fuel to go up, knowing how to go up with the closing of the eyes, disconnecting from this world, and coming back down and bringing down a flow of Torah, bringing down the chasodim, bringing down all the brachas and all the shefa. With this, Rav Zal concludes this section of this halacha, and now he's going to go back once again. He's going to discuss the topic of giving a bris milah to your Evid Knani, that if you have a non-Jew who's an Evid, you're required to give that that, that non-Jew should have a bris milah. And Rabbi Nelson is going to explain why. In the beginning of the Torah Bayes, it refers to Tvila as a clay Zion. It's a different concept than a clay. One is doing an active a warrior, and the other is a receptacle. So what is tefillah more? It's both. You see that the word keli, the Hebrew word keli, has a double meaning. It's two-directional. A keli means something that you receive in, and klezayin is a sword, a sword, a spear, an arrow, to hit a target, that kind of thing. Tefillah is both. It's both. And there it's, it talks about a double edge, not just, uh, it tells you that the sword, usually a sword we know is one blade. Tefillah is called Cherev Pifios. It's Roimemois Kel Begroinam. They praise Hashem with their throats and they carry a double edged sword in their hand. Rabbi Nezal says, why two edges? Because a tefillah must have two components Shvochai Shalmokoim and Sheila Srochov. So you're right, it's two. And it's, again, it's working in two directional. The tefillah is accomplishing two things. Number one, it's, it's, it's preparing me to be able to receive from Hashem. And number two, it's destroying all my enemies. One function of tefillah is to destroy enemies. There's klipo, is sitrachra. And, and serving Hashem, there's the, Rabbi Nezal speaks about this almost in every chapter in the Kutimran. In chapter 25, he talks about first addressing the Medame, getting rid of the Medame, step one. Step two is now that you got rid of your Medame, that's not enough. Now you have to climb a ladder, you have to keep going up higher and higher, level to level. And Rabbi Nezal in the shows that on Hanukkah, there were two, Hanukkah is the word Chinuch, basic Jewish education. Two miracles on Hanukkah. One, defeating the enemy, battling the Greeks and defeating them. Number two, increasing the light. Every day, a new, another candle, another candle, another candle. So again, Yiddishkeit is two. It's Torah and Tefillah. And again, the Tefillah is, has two parts to it. And like you said, it's, it's working two-directional. It, it's, it's what enables me to receive and also, it's, it's, it's the weapon with which I destroy all my enemies. Baruch Hashem. We should be zeichet to absorb what we're learning and to come close to the tzaddikim who have shleimus at and to attach our tefillah to theirs and to try to do this on our level. 
this isn't, he's, this isn't a manual for tzaddikim, it's a manual for us to try to do this on our level so that our tefillah will be effective. Be to the Gula Shlema. Amen. 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 Can I ask a question? Yes. Um, I, I was a little surprised uh, that Rav Nassim said that Mitoshel Chasidim that they that their malacha was misbareches. It should yes. I would have expected it to say Mitoshel Chasidim lo lo avdu lo ayam malacha. Right? And if and if they have to do malacha, certainly there's there's tzaddikim on a level that don't have to do malacha. How does a person know if they're on that level? The the answer means this. The, the answer is this is both. You're, you're reading it a certain way, and he really means both here. Melachton misboreches means there was a bracha in their malacha. For one person, that means that bracha comes in the form that he doesn't have to work. He's Yisachar. Zvulun is taking care of him. Zvulun, the, what would be malacha for him is blessed. You understand? And for the people who are actually going out to work, it means that their work is blessed. It's not, it's not talking about, it's talking about both categories. Both are chasidim. The Yisachar, the one who's sitting and learning Yoimam Volayla and not going to work, he is chasid if he's doing this process. And the Zvulun, the one who's going out to work, but he, he's been taught here how to daven. He's been taught a level of tefillah where, where a person is megala, where he is also chassid. Both are chassidim. And how does a person know which, uh, which level they're on? Oh, for that a person needs tefillah, a lot of tefillah, and a person needs guidance from Tamidi Chachamim. To see, we, we see in the stories about Rabbein Azal, in Chaim Aran and in Koich Feor, we see Rabbein Azal students. There were some who were workers, there were some who were learners. We see in the case of Rab Nasanzal, when Rab Nasanzal met Rabbein Azal, at that time he, had a, he was operating a store. His father and partners owned major stores, and they gave him merchandise to sell, and he and his wife operated a store. And Rabbi Nassau gradually weaned Rav Rabbi Nassau was coming to Rabbi Nassau. Rabbi Nassau saw his fire, that this person had such a thirst for Torah that Rabbi Nassau understood he's capable of learning 12, 15 hours a day. He's capable of, of hispiritus and, you know, nuclear. So Rabbi Nassau said to him, <laughs> Every night, that you, know, you, don't have, you don't have to sit in the store. She can sit in the store, and you can sit down with her at the end of the day and go over and do the accounting with her, that kind of thing. That was step one. Then step two was every single night you have to go through the Once a week, once a week you sit down with her, you review all the... On, on Motsoy Shabbos. And then a few weeks later, a few months later, Rabbi Nassau said to him, Motsoy Shabbos, that's what you do when I'm up. Somebody like you on Motsoy Shabbos? Even for Rav Nassanzal, it was a process. I remember when I, right before I came to Eretz Yisrael, I used to work in, in the field of computers. Rav Rosenfeld, Zechran Vrocha, taught all of his students, all of his students, as far as I know, just about no exceptions, work and learn. No such thing as koila, as being supported by others. And, and he, 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 he stressed the field of computers as being a very good place, and my friends and I were working. Shortly before I came to Eretz Yisrael, a friend of mine asked me, what are you going to be doing in Israel? And I said, the same thing as here. I'll look for work in computers during the day and give shiurim at night, and we'll try to build a, kihi, a community here in Hanover. He came back to me a few weeks later and said, I did some research. I spoke to people who live in Yerushalayim, and I found out that somebody like you with four children, at that time we had four kids, for t- and no mortgage, I had pe- paid the apartment in Harnov $75,000 in full, a three-bedroom b- apartment. For $2,000 a month, you could live. All, all expenses paid. And I want to give, give you that opportunity. I feel that if you'll have an opportunity to learn, it'll be a benefit to Breslov and it'll be a benefit to Klal Yisrael. And I was uh, taken by surprise. I had been complaining for months to Reb Michal that here I'm giving shurim, I'm giving shurim, when am I going to start learning? There's so much that I don't know. And Reb Michal said, you're right, keep doing what you're doing. Keep working, keep learning, doing what you're doing. 
And when I called Reb Michal and told him about this, this offer, he said, we've been waiting for this for a while. This is very special, but you're not a malach. And he said, to go from full-time working to full-time learning is not such an easy thing. Therefore, I propose half a day learning and half a day working for Breslov. Since your salary is covered, you have a salary, you'll be working for Breslov, building a shul, a commune, whatever needs to be done. And that was my first three years in Eretz Yisrael. That was when I left the field of computers and started getting involved more, for learning a few hours a day and, and working for Breslov, working, you know, building a shul, a community at that time in Hanof, et cetera, et cetera. You know, so I'm saying it's, it's, it's not so simple. We see, and, and you'll learn, you'll read Koich Feor, you'll see how Rabbein Azal addressed each student. One of his students, who was, who was working and, and doing well, Rabbein Azal said to him, this is not for you. I want you to be a mekabel. I want you to be supported by others. <clears throat> this student heard this and said, what kind? he's cursing me. And he didn't come back to Ra. He didn't come back. He lost his business. He lost everything. And, and then he came back to Rabbein Azal. Rabbein Azal said, <clears throat> now you're going to listen to me and at least be a nice mekabel? At, at least receive support nicely? So we see each person Rabbein Azal dealt with differently, each person and different circumstances. Hashem should guide us and direct us to know that, that the Yisachars should be Yisachars and the Zvulans should be Zvulans. And, and, and it should work, it should all work right. It's a shame. Okay. Sorry, sorry, to extend, sorry to extend, but I, I had this exact conversation with someone yesterday and I brought up this, the, uh, the example of Nassim. So the person told me, well, obviously, that's the of it. If if, uh, if Reb Nassim would have known Rabbeinu when he was 15 and he wasn't working, then obviously Rabbeinu would have told him, don't go to work. But but the fact that he was working, so Rabbeinu had to gradually, you know, let him off into the into the city so that he's going to be learning all the time. Is that something we can learn from that? Po- possibly. Possibly. That, again, there are certain people who, from when they're born, they're raised. Here again, Rav Rosenfeld, Zechran directed all, just 99% of the tzedakah, the monies that he raised, he directed towards supporting people in a kolel, towards supporting the kolel in Yerushalayim. Now, if he was so anti what what's going on here? The answer is he understood that those people, for them, that was the right thing, and, and, and the, the best use of our Meister money was to support those people who were on that path for them. But again, he understood that for the vast majority of other people, that's not, that's, it's, it's, it's a derot that doesn't work so well. And we see the different, the crisis going on in the world today. We see people, many people, who are not necessarily qualified to be learning full time and don't necessarily have a means of supporting themselves. And, and there's big problems that come out of it. We say in the Zmiras on Shabbos morning, that there are two things called bread that could even break a tomim. Parnasa is called bread, earning a livelihood, and a wife is called bread. It says by, by Yosef Tzadik that Potiphar put him in charge of everything in his home except for the bread that he ate. That if these two things are not in good order, a person's life is a big mess and it could, it could break a person, chas v'shom. So each person has to know what their madrega is. And again, are they, is their is their bitochen and emuna strong enough? And is their wife's emuna bitochen strong enough to be able to go that path, to be able to go that path of learning full time and, 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 and Hashem taking care of the parnosa, that kind of thing. And the so you people, just to give an example? I'm sorry? sorry? You just gave an example of, a, of one person where their panasa went down the tubes and it was an indication that they should be sitting and learning. And another person who made their panasa goes down, down the tubes because, because they, they need to be working more. Exactly. A hundred percent. Just like we mentioned once in the past about the, 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 there's a Gemara that says, there's a posuk, ki rabim chalolim hipila atzumim kol harugeho. She has struck down many corpses Many are her victims, talking about the Torah. So the Gemara says, what is this referring to? The Gemara says it's referring to two kinds of people. 
one person who's not qualified to, to paskin to, to paskin halachas and goes ahead and, and paskins, and the other person is a person who is qualified and doesn't paskin. He, he's playing humbleness, modesty. So the Vilna Goyen said that that's why in the Aseris Hadibrois, for Lo Tzertzach, we have two versions, Lo Tzertzach and Lo Tzertzach. One is committing murder by patach, by opening his mouth. When he's supposed to keep his mouth closed, he's not qualified to be teaching, to be... And the other one, Lo Tzertzach Komatz, is committing murder by not opening his mouth. So each each one each each person has to know Ezel Chacham Person needs to know their place to know their place. Shem should help us be to know our place. Amen. Amen.